Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hello and welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, sitting across from me in very bright pink. Oh, yeah, that's me. If you want anyway, yeah, it's a flaming hot pink, uh, you know, ready to rock at all times. What is that shirt from? Undefeated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a nice shirt. What am I wearing? Oh, I'm wearing this dope Marvel shirt. I'm repping mm-hmm. the ladies. Yeah, yeah. Holding it down for the mm-hmm. ladies of Marvel. Yeah, yeah. It's a rainbow shirt, mm-hmm. you know, very, very on brand now. Yeah, very on brand. Yeah, Marvel's uh, Marvel's embracing it. They're they're like it's time. I think Tom Holland said something about like that Spider Man could be queer in the future. I'm yeah, down man. for it. We're ready. Iffy, we we normally start our podcast with what we're geeking out about. I know. Yeah, I feel like we dedicated a whole episode to that, which was the Comic Con episode. But I, if I was to add anything else to what I'm geeking out about, you, you're going to be able to tell by what I'm geeking out about just simply based on the episode that you're listening to right now, which is Blade. When we decided what the next step was, I was like, we got to do Blade. I'm super excited. And this one's going to be like an OG nerd if it's where it's just me and Danny. I know. Um, before we move on, I want you to know a personal story that when I was like six, mm-hmm. um, I think we were flying to Disney World uh, and Wesley Snipes was on my plane sitting oh, in front of my parents. And my parents asked, because um, they were, th- this by the way kind of annoys me whenever like, I guess maybe like when people book, sometimes you can't get seats near you. I don't know. I mm-hmm. just know- um, side note, I was trying to sit with my partner and we had like specifically paid to sit together going to Hawaii, uh, which is, a, you know, a, not a short trip. And then somebody was like, hey, can my kids sit here? And I was like, we literally paid extra so we could sit together to go to Hawaii together. But sure, um, I'm going to sound like a complete um, a-hole. 
uh, <laughs> but you have kids, so I can say that. Yeah. Because um, I'm saying it literally to someone that has a kid. Or you um, can be like that lady who's mad at uh, women who go to Disneyland Oh, that's hilarious. Kids. It goes wh- both ways. <laughs> she was like, I can't believe all these people that don't have kids are taking up space. And that, that is such a very specific parental entitlement that I often see in every parent forum or board or Facebook group where it's like the the world has to stop because I have a child. And it's like, no, that's not how things work. Also, again, just to remind everyone, Brad Bird, who, you know, makes up a large portion of Pixar Pier, um, said that it's not just for kids. His movies are not for kids. Yeah. Like, they're for everybody. And he hates when you call them kids' movies. So, but I don't know what to do. Just, <laughs> I can't. I don't know what to do. What if he answered this question for me? If you did pay extra so that you could sit with your partner and then someone wants their kid to sit in that seat who didn't pay extra and then I felt horrible. Um, I also had like massive anxiety and um, would I would sometimes fly with Molly, my dog, who's also uh, an ESA. And um, it just was I was just like I did all the things I was supposed to do to yeah. Well, no, there's nothing wrong with that because as a parent who has flown many times with their child, you shell out the money to make those arrangements. Like that sounds like somebody who went on with the hopes of like, oh, no one's gonna deny Say a no. child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is a which is a, a jerk move. I'm trying to, I was trying to replace the word that I originally wanted to say. Uh, with something that we can say on the pod, but yeah, that's a jerk move to like expect because there, and there are parents like that. Like I'm look like when I read, everyone was laughing about that parent and I was so unsurprised. I was like, Oh no, there's this parent. Like if you ever want to even look into the eye of the maw or the, the gaping maw of like entitled parents, look into the LA mommies group. Oh um, no. Where it is a fight club of mothers ripping each other apart with, you know, like I remember um, uh, Naomi's mom, uh, <laughs> Aurora, like was on the 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 page and it was like asking like one one mom was like, hey, I'm having trouble breastfeeding. I, I'm thinking of putting her on the, f- uh, the formula. Oh, that is. And that started the biggest so fight. They're so nasty about yeah, it. Yeah, they're like, you should keep trying. And uh, some moms were like, no, if you're uncomfortable and you're having a hard time, nothing's wrong with formula. And it was just a war zone. I bet. Yeah, that one, that that topic in particular really gets some, gets a lot of feisties that have a lot of opinions about kids that aren't theirs. Yeah. Um. If you want to go into a feisty area, I uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I ran, I'm such a Disney nerd, even before I was in Disney, but I ran a Disney half marathon and a full marathon, because uh, if you run both, this is something geeky, if you run both in the same year, uh, you get a big medallion of Walt and Disney, uh, Walt and Mickey, which is the statue that you see when you walk into to Disneyland. Um, so I ran one in Disney World, I ran a full marathon, and then I ran a half marathon at Disneyland. It's called the Coast to Coast Challenge. And um, because of that, I was a part of a group called Run Disney, which has like thousands of followers. And they are so catty. They are so like, they have nothing better to do with their time. And if they find this out, I'll probably be kicked out. But like, they get <laughs> blocked, they block each other. I saw one post that was like, you cannot block 
admins out of this group. Like, it was just wild. It'll be stuff like someone will be like, hey, I ran the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror uh, thing, and I didn't like the border that they gave me. Can we, like, change the border of the picture? And people will be like, can we change the border of the picture? Like, the SpongeBob thing. And I'm like, you guys are grown adults. (laughs) What the heck? Wow. Uh, uh. Also, how annoying must you be to, like, just constantly run like the marathons. Okay. Um, that was something I did when I was younger. Cause I was like, Oh, I want, I wonder if my body can do this. Um, and I probably damaged my body forever. You know what um, your body may also wonder if it can be both a human and a vampire. No, I didn't geek out about the thing I was geeking out about. Well, what, what is the thing you're geeking out? Well, about? I forgot to mention in our comic con episode that, um, Dragon Ball Z actually broke a Guinness world record. Did oh, yeah. you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had one for the biggest Kamehameha attack. They got, I don't know. Let's see what they, what they had to, it was nearly, um, 800 fans that gathered to beat the record. I think that was 250, but they also did it on a Wednesday. So I think if they had done it on Saturday, oh, it would have been, like thousand yeah. well over like maybe two thousand three thousand who knows uh but yeah so they they broke that which is cool and congrats to them mm. and you know what else there might be vampires and and <laughs> i don't know i was trying to yeah yeah today we're talking about blade that's 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 the we'll cut straight to that chase I'm hyped for the new movie, but we're going to go down the history of the character. Definitely going to talk about those Wesley Snipe movies. And, you know, you know, you know, just in just all about it, just in our in our brains, in our life. Wait, I forgot to finish my story, which was that Wesley Snipes, my parents were those people who asked us to move, which I can't not speak for them. I do not support that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, They asked us to ask Mr. Snipes if he could um, trade. I think we were like very close, though. We were like sitting like two rows back. They just wanted to keep their eye on us. Mm -hmm. And so he switched uh, with us. And my parents are bad people. And Wesley Snipes is a good person. Um, Blade. Blade. Known as Eric Brooks. See, I didn't know his name was Eric, and I let's just forget that and just call him Blade. Like that yeah. ruins the oh, that yeah. ruins the fantasy for me. Yeah, yeah. I f- I feel like you know most people know him as Blade. I feel like Eric Brooks is a name you throw around when you want to like flex or like if you're doing like a vampire hunter character on Final Fantasy fourteen and you make the character Eric Brooks and keen eyed <laughs> no- nerds would be like, oh. <laughs> Eric Brooks sounds like somebody that's constantly trying to friend me on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Eric Uh, Brooks (laughs) wants to connect as a former co-worker. (laughs) But yeah, no, uh, yeah, Blade is such an interesting, fun character and essentially kind of was the first successful comic book movie. I mean, that is an arguable thing, but I'd say of this current generation, because I feel like the early, like, Superman was pretty pretty darn successful. But I feel like uh, Marvel, the first successful Marvel movie, is often is credited to Blade. Is he the first black superhero uh, film? He, film, yes, I okay. believe so. If you don't count Mystery Men. I don't know if Mystery Men came before or after Blade. But that was my Mystery Men shout out. Are we counting Will Smith and Independence Day? Because that... (laughs) So we had Meteor Man in 1993. Blank Man in 1994. Steel in 1997. Oh, yeah. These are... Yeah. So so technically it would be Steel if we went comic book. Steel came out before Spawn and then Blade came out. 
but also Wild Wild West came out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Technically, it's not a super powered, but definitely a hero. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when it comes down to black super, they definitely uh, get the title. Blade gets the crown as the first black Marvel superhero movie. Sorry, Black Panther. Wait, but, I thought it was Spawn. Uh, well, no, Spawn is Image. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Spawn right. is an Image comic. Uh, so it, it'll go to... Um, yeah. yeah, okay, for could, Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be Marvel, but the first, if we're going straight, technically first black superhero movie mm-hmm. is going to go to Robert Townsend's Meteor Man in 1993. Okay. okay. Then Blank Man came out after that in 1994, which I've wanted to, I've in my head, wanted to come out with a Blank Man reboot and make a uh, a cinematic universe with Blank Man and Meteor Man, but I'm giving all the goods up uh, on air. Then after that, we if we want established comic book characters, Steel came out in 1997 and then Spawn in 1997. Okay. Then we have Blade. Yeah, so Blade uh, appears in Marvel. It was created by Marv Wolfman and uh, Gene Colan. His first appearance was actually in uh, The Tomb of Dracula number 10 that came out July 1973, and he was a supporting character. So he appeared in a- another comic before he got his own. Ooh, nice. I mean, that's that's kind of how they kind of launched a that's lot of true. heroes early on. In 2003, the artist... Uh, Recalled, he said, uh, Marv told me Blade was a black man and we talked about how we should dress and how we should look. Very heroic looking. And uh, that was my input. The bandolier of blades. That was Marv's idea. But I dressed him up. I put the leather jacket on him and so on. Which just totally lets you know this was 70s. Because that's that was their, their, that's their idea of cool. Leather jacket, mm-hmm. bandolier of blades. Uh, <laughs> uh, they based the character's feature on a... A composite of black actors, including NFL football star turned actor Jim Brown. No way. Yeah. And that's why he had uh, the 1970s afro and uh, <laughs> and bladed knives. You know, um, back when I was married, uh, my husband, which if y'all didn't know, I was married uh, several years ago when I was too young to get married. Um I know a lot about Jim Brown because my husband was a Browns fan. Oh, yeah. And um, I had to watch them. Yeah. Lose over and over. I know. They're the most loyal. He never cheated on me once. Yeah. (laughs) Those are loyal people. They're so loyal. The Browns, you know, you're safe. (laughs) You know, and they're Uh, humble. They're great. And yeah, I went to go ahead and uh, look up. some of these blade first appearances and I like this. He leather. looks good. I mean, I like the green jacket just popping through mm-hmm. the nice bandolier blades. You know, I just love it. It's such a, it's, it's such a fun evolution of this character, um, which we'll talk Dang. about. Evol- yeah. I hope they break out this old school outfit. He's in which one, the, um, the red jacket. Oh yeah. I really like that. Yeah, that's uh, real cool. And I'm just it, used to Wesley's blade. I know. And which it's, is also and it, cool. And it kind of, if you look at the newer blades, it really does feel like his blade influenced the comics. Or maybe the comic. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of Tomb of Dracula, he fought the scientifically created vampire Morbius in the latter series in Adventure into Fear, number 24, that came out in October 1974. And it was a story written by Steve Gerbert and penciled by P. Craig Russell. And Blade's first solo story came in Marvel's black and white horror comic 
magazine, Vampire Tales, number eight, which came out in December of 1974, in an 11-page story by Wolfman and penciler inker Tony DeZuniga. Yeah, this feature continued in the following issue in 1975 with Wolfman and Chris Claremont co-scripting, and then Blade appeared in a 56-page solo story in the Black and White Showcase magazine Marvel Preview, that was 1975, that was September of 1975, written by Claremont, a six-page backup story by Wolfman and Colin followed in Marvel preview number eight. I love that they put him, I love their horror comic section, yeah. uh, which they're doing, they still do and are doing more of, but yeah, I love their, uh, I love their horror like series. Oh yeah. So then Blade came into prominence in the nineties, beginning with Ghost Rider number 28 and the Midnight Suns imprint that included the issues of Darkhold, pages of the Book of Sins, Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider, Blaze Beers, and so on and so forth. And then he appeared with that team in a story in the anthology Midnight Suns Unlimited number one, which came out in April of 1993. Then he finally appeared in two solo stories in Midnight Suns Unlimited number two and seven, which uh, came out on July 1993 and October 19- respectively. So then following the cancellation of Night Stalkers, Blade debuted in his first color comic series, Blade Vampire Hunter, numbers one yeah. through ten. So mm-hmm. he had finally got his own comic. Uh, and with, our friend popped in, mm-hmm. our, our our good friend Mark Andrako, yeah. uh, wrote Blade Sins of the Father back in 1998. Wow. Yeah, dang. I was, was going to do a friendly dig, but I'm going to wait till I can say it to his face. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask him for commentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about Eric Brooks. Uh, he was born in, this is uh, quoted, not from me, in a whorehouse in the Soho neighborhood of London, England. In 1929, I did not realize that he was English. Yeah. Is that in the... No, but... M- it, that's not in the movies. In the movies, it was the same thing where like his mom was pregnant with him, but bitten by a vampire, and uh, she died uh, as well while giving right, birth right, right. to him. But it's so, so they kind of imported him to America, which, I mean, this this... Obviously, is a very dated backstory. Yeah, um, this is different than the film. Yeah, it says Eric's mother, T- uh, Tara Brooks, was or Tara Brooks was a prostitute at Madame Vanity's brothel. When Tara experienced severe labor complications, a doctor was summoned who is an actuality Deacon Frost, a vampire who feasted on her during Eric's birth and killed her. Which a fun fact about that, uh, Deacon Frost does appear in the Blade movies, and he was played by Steph- uh, Stephen Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Fun fact, y'all: Stephen Dorff is the connecting between our two Blades. We have uh, Stephen Dorff in the original Blade with Wesley Snipes, and we also have him in True Detective season three with our new Blade, Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Which means. Uh, if we're going off of his appearances, then he also popped in uh, the 2004 Every Time music video by Britney Spears, which means Britney Spears will canonically be in Blade. Thank you. This is my uh, this is my theory. Steven Dorff is a good wingman. Yeah. So this passed along certain enzymes in his own blood to the infant. This resulted in Eric's quasi-vampiric abilities, including a greatly prolonged lifespan and the ability to sense supernatural creatures, as well as an immunity to complete vampirism. Brooks' fellow prostitutes drove off Frost before he could kill the infant as well. Teamwork. (laughs) Teamwork there. Um, So this is kind of fascinating. In this story, in the comic, he grew up living at Madame Vanity's. 
Uh, and by age nine, returning home from school one December, he saw an old man being attacked by three vampires. I love that they're just out and about in this world. Um, very true blood. Eric helped the old man who used a silver cane to kill the vampires and fight off the attackers. The man was Jamal Afari, a jazz trumpeter and vampire hunter who then moved into Madame. I mean, I am down for this backstory. Oh, yeah. Uh, who then moved into. He also moved into Madame Vanities. Who? How many people are living at this brothel? Um, this is I'm learning new things along with you, dear listener, uh, who some of you already know this, but I only knew Blade from the movies. So yeah. all this back comic knowledge is super dope. Uh, he trained the young Eric. Love that he's being trained uh, in both music and combat in a brothel. Who else has this backstory? You know, Captain America doesn't. Nope, he sure doesn't. <laughs> uh, Blade was soon able to defeat many of the weak, younger vampires uh, that he and Afari found. Eventually, as he got older, he became an Olympic-level athlete and formidable in hand-to-hand combat with an expertise in edged weapons such as knives and daggers. So notable, that's how he gained the nickname Blade. And both his fellow hunters and the vampires they opposed began to fear the young hunter. Blade's victories made him cocky, and he joined a street gang, the Blood Shadows, headed by Cyrus Cutter. Later, killed by Blade in a knife fight caused by Blade's disapproval of Cutter's actions as leaders. So, like, it's crazy to read this, because I also, I came on the Blade from the Spider-Man cartoon series because when morbius was introduced blade popped in the show as well and that's why i went back to check it's fun to read this and see all these little nuggets that they were dropping for like blade fans we have to take a really quick break we're gonna come back and talk more vampire hunter right after this Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. We're back talking about Blade. Yeah, we're talking about Blade. We've just been going... um through the comic books history, uh, which has been great. Uh, lots of uh, fun, exciting stuff that went down. Yeah, did you know that he joined a street gang called the Blood Shadows? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that, was, that was real cool. Also because I like like comic book team-ups. And mostly because I like the idea. And I, you know, I would hope, I hope, because we talked about how Marvel still does a lot of the horror stuff. Uh DC did this thing a while back called Justice League Dark. It took all their magic heroes and like kind of like the darker heroes like Constantine, Swamp Thing, Zatanna, and they it all put them on their own. It was called Justice League Dark, and they all kind of existed within that world. And it would be fun to see a Blade run like that where you have like, you know, Blade and his like vampire hunters and we just find kind of other supernatural heroes and you know, pit them against supernatural foes. Yes. Okay, so Afari, who trained Blade, later fell prey to the ultimate vampire, <laughs> Dracula. The young Drac god. He got, he, you know. What, what he, if I was like, the Count? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I count. I'm waiting for that Sesame Street Marvel crossover. I know. Uh, but yeah, th- then, you know, just kind of went down the usual uh, route of different Blade comics, and it was great. And. Uh, they eventually had an ongoing series that was published by Marvel Max, which is usually the more kind of adult themed. So that's definitely probably one that'll Yummy. be fun to check out. I'm probably going to check that out after this because yeah, like, like we both said, I'm, I'm not too versed in the comics. Like my blade fandom existed with the Wesley Snipes series starting at that. And now that, you know, he's back, I'm all on the blade hype. So I'm going to be buying a few blade books and I'll pop, drop it in the discord. You know, the ones that kind of resonate with me. Um, and I say all that to say, we're done talking about the comic. We're coming. We're all hyped about what we're here for. Sorry. All my blade comic book stands. We're talking about the blade movies. Ooh. So let's get the rundown blade which is a 1998 American superhero film directed by Stephen Norrington and written by David S. Goyer, based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name. The film stars Wesley Snipes in the title role with Stephen Dorff, Chris Christopherson, and in Bush Wright in supporting roles. In the film, Blade is a damn fear, a human vamp with vampire strengths, but not their weaknesses, who protects Convenient. Humans. I know, who protects <laughs> humans from vampires. Released on August 21st of 1998. Oh, it's Blade, that summer box office. Yeah. Uh, Blade became a commercial success by grossing $70 million at the U.S. box office and $131.2 million worldwide. Isn't it insane that that would be considered a failure today? Oh, yeah. I know. It's wild. Like $70 million would be like, wow, that did not do yeah. good. It's, it's crazy the world we live in in film right now. <laughs> and despite mixed reviews from film credits, the film received... 
The film received positive reception from audiences and has since garnered a cult following. It is the first film in the Blade franchise, followed by two sequels, Blade Two and Blade Trinity, both written by Goyer, who also directed the latter. Blade was a dark superhero film of it for its time, and the success of Blade began Marvel's film success wow. and set the stage for further comic book adaptations. You know, everyone thought it was Iron Man, but here we go. Yeah, Iron Man was the result of Blade. Without Blade, Blade crawled so Iron Man could f- fly, <laughs> fly. So Mar- so Iron Man could uh, be back in black. Yeah. So now we're going to get to the fun part. The fun part talking about movies is always starting at development. So I recently was talking about Catwoman on uh, Jay Light's Blockbusting podcast. Where we talk about movies we hated. I don't hate any movies, so I just tried to find a movie that I could just effectively say was so bad. Wait, and what did you what did you talk about? Catwoman. Oh, yeah, yeah, Halle yeah. Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. I picked um, ch- um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> With um, everyone's favorite, um, yeah. Johnny Depp. Depp. Johnny oh Depp? God, it was so awkward to watch. Oh man! But yeah, no. What was interesting was the development of that film, um, which totally helps you understand why it didn't just kind of meet expectations. The idea of that movie goes as far back as uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Okay, yeah. And that's what it was based off of. And something that we kind of discovered and kind of researching and talking about the movie is. Through like it, it spent so long in development hell that by the time that they actually got towards mm-hmm. shooting it, they've already started doing Batman Forever. When it went from being this dark, you know, Tim Burton Batman to this more campy version, so now the studio is like less interested in it, and that's why they kind of tried to make it lighter. And you could just see the like missed wires in translation in the movie because there are some dark elements, there are some like light elements that just do not land and they they kind of you can tell they played with the mannerism that Michelle Pfeiffer created in right, her right, Catwoman right. but it just does not land because it's a whole different Catwoman than that one. Can you imagine Halle Berry but it's Tim Burton's Catwoman? <laughs> oh man, that, I don't think the world is ready. So the reason I say all that is to land you in this next sentence about Blade's development, which goes as such. Marvel Studios had developed the film as early as 1992, when rapper-actor LL Cool J was interested in playing the lead role. Would have been perfect. What? Deep Blue Sea? Down. He showed. That Blade have been. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Not scary to me. Like, not threatening. (laughs) Like, it's so so interesting because Blade, you know, it's funny that they say it had mixed reviews because if he, when he watched it, it was two thumbs up across the whole franchise. And Wesley Snipes really just gave this, like, voice and soul to Blade that I just can't even imagine LL Cool J. Well, he, okay, so LL Cool J to me is like, the his personality is the equivalent of The Rock's personality. Yeah. They're very likable. They're your buddy. They're like, even though they're like superhero action, whatever, they're, it, it, Wesley Snipes is mysterious. He will like kill you with a dagger. Like, you know, like it just is, it would be definitely different. Yeah, especially because like that, I think you really nailed it. Wesley Snipes had this thing of where he could be like totally intimidating and scary Mm -hmm. and then like smirk with his vampire teeth and everyone's like, ah, you know, like that was like his cool thing. And then he like 
throwing the glasses, slicing people up, catching it and putting it on his eyes. Like you have to be a certain coolness to do that. And uh, that was Wesley Snipes cool. But this makes sense. So Blade was eventually of why they might have gone that route, because Blade was eventually set up at New Line Cinema with David S. Goyer writing the script. And according to Goyer, New Line originally wanted to do Blade as, quote, something that was almost a spoof. Wow. So I could see LL Cool J doing a spoof of Blade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely get that. And uh, but this is a fun little nugget of history. After failing to get a Black Panther film in a production in 1996, Wesley Snipes was signed on to star as Blade. You Do you remember uh, if you were in our uh, the short that I produced for Nerdist that was like the impact of Black Panther mm-hmm. where we talked about it and they were essentially saying like it would not it, it had to exist at that time like it couldn't mm-hmm. have existed at this time when they wanted it or it wouldn't have done like like we said like 1 billion or whatever yeah no um, there's no way that that blade like crawled so everyone else could fly yeah because i think um Blade was a easier digest in the time because you had like this kind of insular character and also like the world wasn't ready for superhero movies there like the way superhero movies were kind of uh, introduced was almost very smart when you think about it. You have Blade, who's this insular character in a theme that is kind of generally accepted by the masses, which is a vampire hunter. Buffy has existed. There's been many vampire movies at this point. It would be like doing a zombie movie. People get even if you don't read comics, you get it. So then the next jump from that being Iron Man is pretty intense. But then you have this kind of archetype that is easy to digest, which is, you know, this weapons designer who's a millionaire playboy. Once again, it's an insular character. So then you get your Iron Man out. And and then after because then you had like um, now I'm going to mess up the order because I don't know by heart, but then you had your Thor, you had your, um, uh, your incredible Hulk, which was pretty ready to go because we already had one by then. And then you had Captain America, which was kind of like the first, if you think about it, wild idea, because it's this guy who's this super soldier who existed in world war two, who got frozen in time. That like, that's when we had to go really into the suspension of disbelief in comics. And I think, you know, waiting for these things where like Iron Man is an idea that could just be a, a isolated idea. Like Mm -hmm. I can see an Iron Man movie existing without it being Marvel. Um, I can see a Thor movie existing, a a, a Norse God out of place in a real world, a fish out of water movie, you know, the Hulk, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. The world that is Captain America is asking you to believe in multiple things, that someone will be frozen in ice and they would be able to survive multiple years and that that person is super noble and he was in World War Two and he's this old fashioned guy and that doesn't make him a bad person. It just makes him have even stronger morals. And once we laid the groundwork of that and brought them all together in the Avengers, it was you. That's when you have the groundwork to where you can bring up this fictional African, you know, this fictional African country that was hidden from the world that is more advanced than any civilization ever. And they have this Mm -hmm. mysterious rock that gives them the power to control like it, it. The groundwork was laid. Yes, I would have loved to have a phase one Black Panther movie. Right. But it's just really in retrospect. It just kind of fit 
the groundwork that was laid in a way that it was undeniable when it came out. I don't necessarily think that a Black Panther movie that came out earlier than when it did could have not been great. I think it could have been great, but I think the groundwork that was laid made it undeniable. Well, you want to know something? This was a really interesting summer because it was had we had POC led films. We had uh, Mulan that came out in uh, June that summer. Then we had Zorro that came out in uh, July. And then we had Blade that came out in August. Yeah, we're all in the swords by this point. Yeah, we're very much. Very yeah, sold and on that's swords. so funny. And the one of Mulan is the the poster is her like holding her sword right in the middle. And then we got Zorro cutting through with his sword. And then we had Blade pulling out his sword. Love it. So they were uh, they were they were laying some groundwork for future films, laying some groundwork. But yeah, so the casting, you know, they originally were looking at LL Cool J, and then they also looked at uh, Wesley Snipes, obviously Denzel Washington and Lawrence Fishburne. I could see Lor. I mean, I could see either. I could see any of those. Denzel at that time, definitely Lawrence Fishburne, um, who we later saw in Leather. <laughs> um, but to Goyer, Snipes was always the perfect choice for Blade. Mark Singer was the original choice for Whistler. And Jet Lee was offered the role of Deacon Frost, but opted to do Lethal Weapon 4. That also did come out that year. Oh, wow. Um, I wonder if he, I wonder which one he, Lethal Weapon 4 did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, no. That had uh that had Chris Rock in it, right? Yeah. I remember. I I liked that one. Um, I mean, I like. I mean, all of also them, Jet Li was on a tear. That is interesting, though. That instead of going with like they were gonna cast Jet Li, and then they cast Steven Dorff. Yeah, it's fascinating. Blade. So B- Blade was actually produced on a very low budget. Oh, uh, yeah. Forty-five million was largely done in Los Angeles, with some scenes actually being shot in Death Valley. Very hard to do. And uh, all sets were constructed, and all on all on set filming occurred in what was formerly the Redken Shampoo Factory in Canoga Park. Wow. The effects for the films were done by Flat Earth Productions. <laughs> See, here's interesting the, name. Here's the thing. So the soundtrack was uh it peaked at number 36 on the billboard 200 in the top r&b hip-hop albums see this is what we lost was ll cool j would have would oh yeah have, if he, you know? it was, it's blade it's blade 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 it's blade something like a blade nominon something like a blade nominon that's that's what it would have been, and it would have been a smash hit. All right, well, uh, I'm gonna leave y'all with this: something like a blade nominon, something like a blade nominon. We'll be right back. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. And we're back. We're still talking about Blade. Uh, we're still tackling the first film. So very fascinating. The first cut of the film was 140 minutes long, and it had a disastrous test screening with audiences. That's interesting. I want to know what that looked like. Yeah, I know. I wonder if they had the original brothel and people were like, nope, take that out. Um, people were, you know, the 90s weren't as uh, progressive as we are now. Uh, heavy edits and reshoots were implemented, which delayed the release date more than half a year. Uh, if that story had dropped now, it would be insane. Like Marvel doing a uh, delaying their thing half a year. Yeah. That's like uh, what's happening with Sonic. Um, <laughs> the mo which, by the way, iffy when they okay, so they dropped the cats trailer while we were at San Diego Comic Con, mm -hmm. and someone tweeted and was like, "We owe the team at Sonic a big apology." <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that cats trailer. I mean, it, make it weird, you know. Yeah. So many things that we we have the Lion King looking normal. Just just make it weird. Yeah, let's get be weird. as weird let's as possible. Why weird. not? Play around. I, I hope they come back. Honestly, I hope Sonic Team comes back and makes him look even weirder. Like just massively big teeth or no teeth at all. Yeah, gums. Um, he just has gums. gums. Yeah. Uh, and then not even shoes, just like Ralph. He just has feet. Uh, just walks around in feet. Hedgehog That's my... Feet. Somebody please draw that. Um, so the most significant change with this... With this film, with the reshoots, was the addition of the final sword fight between Blade and Deacon Frost, Ooh. which did not exist in the original cut. So thank you, audiences, for speaking up and yeah. saying, hey, we need more fight scene. We need this. We need more swords. That sword scene is probably like one of the most memorable parts yeah. of Blade because it was just so, so cool to look at, look at. Like, I'm sure if I watch it now, it's not as cool. But back then, the visual effects were kind of cool to me. I was very into that. <laughs> But the original ending had Frost uh, turn into La Magra and become the, a large swirling mass of blood instead of keeping his form. <laughs> this was scrapped because they couldn't get the special effects to look right. It can be seen as a special feature on the DVD. Oh, I would love to see what this looks like in 1998. Yeah, them yeah. trying to like make a swirling blood mass look good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And here comes, here comes the biggest disrespect. Stan Lee originally had a cameo that was ultimately cut... <gasps> 
from the film. He played one of the cops that came into the blood club during the aftermath and discovered Quinn's body on fire. The scene where Karen and Deacon are talking about the cure for vampirism initially ran a bit longer and answered the questions of how vampires would feed if everybody was turned into vampire. They would keep some humans alive in a giant blood bag to harvest them. The bags can still be seen in the doorway during the scene and later played an integral part of the plot in Blade Trinity. Uh, which I'm glad they didn't add that because I feel like sometimes movies overexpose and I never felt the, I never questioned that. I never been like, well, if everyone's a vampire, how are they going to feed? It was like, they'd figure it out. They're um, vampires. They turn in chupacabras. No, but this would have been Stan Lee's first cameo. Yeah. And they cut it. Oh, man. They Look at it. Blade really was putting the work in. Yeah. So Iron Man. They they knew that that's where they goofed. <laughs> um, You know what's so funny is uh, Boss Logic. You know Boss Logic, right? Mm-hmm. Great artist. Um. He has been known to do artwork and like predict who is. I think what happens is essentially he makes like dope artwork of, say, Henry Cavill as Witcher. And then yeah. Netflix is like, oh, this looks good. We, you guys like this? Okay, we're doing it. Um, which I now he's. A call. Which now he's actually been working with Marvel, which is really cool. Oh, like a lot dope. of his. Uh, a lot of his stuff has been. But I think he had one thing that was wrong and that he drew john boyega as blade and i Too young that's another I, as much as i want to see him go bad i would love to see it uh for personal reasons <laughs> i just don't know too young yeah it someone, doesn't feel... someone hit me up when the news was announced and was like sorry you didn't get cast to play i'm like i'm too young same thing when someone says like sorry about Beck, i'm too young like i'm i'm very like i would turn down the role yeah right uh but like i'd i would be like nah too old <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. they're laughing yeah. in the sound booth about yeah. the idea of you. yeah yeah That's yeah hilarious. yeah uh, i would turn down the role jk uh in that if you really feel i should do it uh but yeah no it was like, like well, you I can loved... still be in the blood shadows i know yeah well i know be one of the members but when i saw Mar- uh mahershala Oh, a thousand percent. With the hat. I was like, oh, yeah. Because they just, him and Wesley, like I said on last episode, share like a similar aesthetic and build. So it feels like it's going to be a fun take without, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be the exact same thing, but I feel like it's not going to feel like such a huge departure to people who wanted Wesley so bad. I'm sure he'll pop back up. Oh, yeah. I am sure. He's going to be Blade's dad or something. Yeah, it's going to definitely be a cameo in there. I can't wait to see it, He's going to be Mr. Brooks. Yeah. So uh, the box, uh, the film went to number one in both Spain and Australia for their opening weekends, with 200 theaters showing the film. Spain's filmgoers earned the film $1.5 million in three days, whilst Australia earned it $1 million from 132 cinemas showing the film. In the Flemish region of Belgium... The film earned 323000 from 20 cinemas, and the Netherlands earned the film 246000 from 40, uh, 44 cinemas. And France made $1.9 million in five days uh, from 241 cinemas, but the film was less successful in Hong Kong with 182000 uh, uh, from 22 cinemas, and South Africa 159 from 64. United Kingdom was successful. What uh, And the film was banned from showing in Malaysia, wildly considered to have the most controlling censors. Despite the success of oh. the film, Marvel what? shared only the flat fee of $25,000. <laughs> 
I think I, um, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, 10 years ago, Disney bought Marvel for $4 billion in 2009. And a decade later, it's made more than $18 billion in the box office. <laughs> but anyways, blade. they got $25,000 for, uh, for a blade. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so yeah, so now we have our new blade. Uh, a lot of people are kind of debating who they think should should direct it. And people are like, Jordan Peele. And Jordan Peele has already been like, no, I'm good. Which I find fascinating. I think because he is in the horror genre, but you know he's he's making a lot of original content um, with with us and and Get Out, and those are straight horror. Whereas this is kind of like action ish. Yeah. It would be fascinating if if he did it. What I would want to see is I wouldn't mind some of his. I like when his comedic style comes out yeah um so but yeah he already said that he doesn't want to do it so he's yeah. off the roster i know i i would like some maybe like a director from like john wick or the raid like i want really because one i mean one of the most memorable things about blade is the action and i feel like this is a fun way to just see this and really have mahershala really show his act action chops so that's that's where i'm where my head's at like you know jordan would be cool uh i really want like a big action director to really take the helm on this well um Someone fascinating that that hopefully is getting looked at is Peter Ramsey, and Peter Ramsey, uh, he directed Spider Man into the Spider Verse, yeah. And I think I saw um, Shannon Tindall, uh, who who created Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, he tweeted and was like. Um, one, he directed a Marvel character in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Two, he worked with Blade, MCU star Mahershala Ali, on Spider-Verse. Three, um, as pointed out by Jorge Gutierrez, who's the director of Book of Life, he boarded on Coppola's Dracula. And three, I happen to know he loves vampires, uh, Peter Ramsey for Blade. <laughs> so that's really, that's a, you know, I want to see more of what Peter Ramsey would do. Yeah. I think that's really cool. There's been a lot of a lot of different names thrown out there. It would be awesome to have a black director take on Blade. You know, we we uh, we didn't we kind of skipped over Blade two and three, uh, yeah, which were great. They they kind of rounded out the series, but I I I just liked looking and really kind of talking about the origins of the film right, franchise right, right. because like it really is like you know all parts of the movie we love them, but like the first one is kind of the most port important because the success and the development of Blade One is why we got two in Trinity. Um, yeah, but worth noting, mm. Gilmore del Toro uh, directed Blade Two. Oh yeah, I definitely remember that. And you can definitely tell with the design of the vampires because those are where they get very in, intense looking. I wonder if he would come back. Oh, that was going to be one of my picks in there. I think raid uh, fight directors. I mean, like if we had to hodgepodge pick, put together a team, go ahead and let Ramsey direct. Okay. Bring the uh, fight, uh, the stunt directors from um, from John Wick and then put monster design on Guillermo del Toro. You know, it's really c- cool is that uh, finally for Blade Trinity, David S. Goyer ended up directing it. Yeah. Uh, so he had been, you know, writing them previously and stepped up to director. Ooh. Yeah. You know, they happened. Yeah. They so, were okay. Yeah, I, they were great. I, I, I mean, I like them all the same. They are great. It was a great trilogy. 
I wish there was another trilogy, but now my wish is being granted in such a big way. And I'm so excited to what the Marvel one is. Oh, you know what? I just found this article on Gizmodo and it said Blade 2, which is important till Del Toro, uh, does not hold up at all. And it says uh, is, Blade 2 is not as good as you remember. Um <laughs> You know, I don't remember it being great, but... I remember loving it. I remember but we were younger, so great. Yeah. right? Yeah, and I'm going to hold on to that love. Hey, it's me and uh, Batman and Robin. It was fantastic <laughs> film, and no one disagrees with that. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm imagining that they're going to start the origin story with Mahershala, yeah. right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if they took some creative uh, liberties there. And by creative liberties, like, I don't know, like, like both the movie and the comic starts off with his mom getting bit and dying right Right. away. Like, and, and like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I think it's kind of like the thing of like, okay, we've seen it twice. Like what can we do to mix it up? And I don't necessarily mean I need his mom to be like this, like strong, you know, the, part of the thing but like what is a world of him growing up with that powers with parents instead of just being orphanized right away would you be okay if his parents like let's say his mom was a vampire and his dad wasn't and they had like a I'm gonna pitch this to them I like, like, like so they created this half vampire child yeah. uh, but their love was forbidden and they were murdered or I don't know they thing, were yeah one thing I like about a lot of uh, vampire stories like especially like vampire the masquerade and stuff is like the faction and houses and those kind of like those always get me going like I love that so it would be cool if like it was almost like a saga esque story where like it's this forbidden love but that would take too much away from um, Blade, so maybe we do have to start working. It's just the first fight. No, dead. listen, it's like Prince of Egypt. They put him in the basket and they have him go down the river, and then someone literally a mile down finds him. And <laughs> yeah, the only cool thing uh, of he like, lives in a palace, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer sings in it. And <laughs> well, the the Deacon Frost like story. What's kind of gnarly about it, which it wasn't explored in the movie, is like his essential like vampire daddy killed his real mom. So, like, that's a, like, you know, right. that's a, like, whole thing that wasn't explored that you, might be explored. We'll see. This is all speculation. No, it's, I have my hands on the script. I'm going to yeah, look at yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Let me let me get my hands on those, too. <laughs> what do you have coming up, Danny? Well, uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't even know what day it is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, follow me on all the things, like, at Ms. Danny Fernandez, and tweet us your Blade stuff. Uh, did you like Blade Trinity? We want to know. What did you like about it? Probably Ryan Reynolds' goatee. Um, I love when he was, like, still figuring himself out then, yeah. oh, you yeah. know? When he was, like, in Amityville and, like, those other, oh, yeah. like, oh, I'm super. And then he was like, oh, no, I should stick with the comedy stuff. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm actually really funny as Deadpool. Uh, this is, works for me. Uh, yes, tweet us your your vampire. What are your other favorite vampire properties? I If you, did you watch True Blood? Oh, yeah. I was, uh, it was, I was a fan of True Blood. I was a fan for many reasons. <laughs> so uh, good. It was very spicy. So good. It was, whew. I told you not to come, Sucker. I see. Sucker. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Did you? 
yeah, so fo- follow at Nerdificent as well. Um, tweet us your stuff. Check out our Tea Public page, tpublic.com/nerdificent, yeah. uh, and uh, we have a lot of cool shirts in there. Some of us. Yeah. If you buy one, please tweet at or Instagram us. Yeah, and so we'll we can smash you. that retweet. And you know me, if you wide way, I F Y N W A D I W E on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, Discord.gg/saltsquad to keep the conversation going. Uh, if you're in the Portland area, I will be there on the 10th of August at 10 p.m. with the White Women guys doing some uh, doing some uh, improv. So if you're if you're in uh, Portland and you're like, man, I want to see if you do improv, you can definitely do that. We'll be in St. Louis uh, in a couple of months and also uh, Houston, Texas. So if that is anywhere near you or where you stay, stay tuned for that and uh, pay attention to the tw- you know Twitter. I'll be putting it out as always. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.